new song. Uh, hi, and welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast. Joining us on the show today is Miguel Morelos, the executive director of the Blessed Stanley Rother Shrine in Oklahoma City, uh, which we had a feature about last year when it opened. I'm excited for that conversation, but first, folks, we've got to keep the lights on, so please give me a minute to read this message from our lovely sponsor. You are called to be bold. You have a right to the best wireless service, high-speed internet, and customer service at a price that you can feel good about. At Provider Wireless, we know this. That's why we put you and your community first. Provider Wireless, the power of connection. So Stanley Rother, for those of you who don't know, was a Catholic priest and a missionary born in Okarchi. Uh, he spent many years living and serving in Guatemala, even through the midst of a uh, horrific and bloody civil war. And his decision to stay and serve the people ultimately did cost him his life. He's now officially recognized as a martyr by the Catholic Church, which is the first step towards full-blown sainthood. Now, I've always thought the life of a traveling priest would be interesting because you literally get to serve the world. Stanley was able to learn Latin, Spanish, and the local uh, native language in his village as part of his mission. So for question of the week, we're imagining that we have the ability to instantly become fluent in any language of our choosing. So in that scenario, I want to know, what language would you want to learn, and why do you want to learn it? Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. Um, this is a hard one, because I love, I love languages. But mm. I think that I would pick um, probably a native language that was endangered, mm. um, like Wichita or something that does this running out of native speakers so that I could help preserve it. Yeah. So I could be a language preservationist. It would be something. It would be some language that's that doesn't have enough native speakers to continue. And so yeah, I think I would that would to. be a good use of that. Yeah, um, of that skill, right? I mean, I can you know I can learn Spanish just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there are certainly no um, no shortage of Spanish speakers in yeah, the world. Yeah, but there's not like a Duolingo for Wichita. Yeah, uh-huh. you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's a good answer. Would be mine. Thanks, uh, Carly. Do you have a uh, language you'd like to become instantly fluent in? I do. Uh, when I was in college, my plan was because I was uh, I thought I was fluent in Spanish, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna take Arabic, and once I become um, fluent in that, mm. I'm gonna start taking Russian. So that'll be. I took one semester of Arabic, and I was like, this is really hard. It is really hard. I've never worked harder for a B minus in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely Arabic and Russian are the two languages that I would That's just cool. love mm. to know because I really like Russian literature. So it would be really cool to be able to read it in the native. Uh, and then Arabic is just. Mm-hmm. It's just such a beautiful language, and it's so different from English. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I just, I just love it. Yeah. Any language that uses um, like characters outside of like the standard like yeah. English alphabet that mm-hmm. is uh, really intimidating to me. Yeah, uh-huh. same. It, yeah, it was it was very difficult, but it was. I think learning a language is such a like it offers you such beautiful insight into people, and yeah. like I just I don't know a lot about the Arabic world, so I would love to learn more through their yeah. language. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's a good answer. That's a really good answer. Well, Megan, I know you know most of the languages already, <laughs> but is there anyone She's that you can think of for that a thousand you years. don't know yet? Um, I would, if if I could, you know, instantly import this knowledge into my brain, I would become fluent in multiple dialects of the Chinese language. Oh, that's good like yeah. Mandarin, mm-hmm. Sichuan. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what other they're probably so many I like um, that. but I think that would be very useful mm-hmm. yeah for me 
and the world. I like that. <laughs> I like that. What about you, Ben? Um, so I guess I have two answers. Um, the first one I can think of is uh, Spanish, of course. I never took any Spanish in school, mm-hmm. so I'm like not even close to fluent in it. Um, and it's by far, at least in these parts, um, the most useful language to know outside of just English mm. um, because there's so many Spanish speakers uh, in the Oklahoma City population. Um, so that is just to be able to communicate with um, that whole group of people that uh, I can't right now. That would be a big plus. Um, my other language is uh, German. Now, that is the oh, language yeah. I did take for, I took seven years of German. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. We started in sixth grade, and I took it all the way until I graduated. See, my school was dumb. You couldn't even start taking languages until ninth grade. Mm-hmm. It's so, it was so stupid. Yes. Well, I went to a, a special uh, artsy-fartsy school. See? Was, they let you do good. that. Yeah. We didn't have a football team, so that was the trade-off. <laughs> what drew you to the German language, Ben? Well, uh, I have a German heritage, mm-hmm. um, so that was primarily it. Um, my uh, grandmother on my on my dad's side, she grew up in like a uh, German speaking household. Oh, cool. Um, and it's re- it was really interesting because um, through most of my life, she had um, dementia and um, she was uh, she was hard to communicate with. But there would be times where I would be practicing my German, and then she would just break out and just, like, start speaking German. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It's sort of a surreal experience. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how the brain works. That's so cool. Um, but, yeah, so I would want to learn German just to uh, get back in touch with those roots and uh, go to Germany. Um, my school did take a, uh, a school trip to Germany, the, my German class. Um, to Berlin, we had like an an exchange program over there, um, but I didn't get to go on that ultimately, and that is one of my bigger regrets uh, in my school my schooling life. So, I if I could uh, become fluent, I would just go go to Berlin and like maybe live there for a, a month or two months or, nice. or you'd probably have more fun now than you would have whenever you true. yeah that's true yeah. I think I would. Yeah. yeah, that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a really good answer. I really want to go to a Christmas market in like Germany or Austria. Oh, they yeah. have beautiful Christmas. Mm-hmm. Markets. Yeah, they really yeah. do. Yes, uh, Berlin is like my number one uh, travel. Really, uh, it's just such a cool list. city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good one. Uh, well, we didn't have any word of skit. We're, we're recording, recording these so in advance. So far in advance, so yeah. Readers did not get to opine. I can't wait to hear what they However, say. However, you can email us, yes, um, at uh, OKTPod at TravelOK.com with yeah. your answer. We'd love to hear it. We might even read them off next week. I know, yeah. Do. I like that. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, hear from Miguel Morales about the uh, Blessed Stanley Rothers Shrine. We are so happy to be joined on the podcast by Miguel Mireles. He is the executive director of the Blessed Stanley Rother Shrine in Southeast Oklahoma City. Miguel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Nathan. Glad to be here. So um, I I know, you know, I feel, I feel like on one hand, this shrine uh, is one of the biggest things to open in Oklahoma, to come to Oklahoma in, if, in ever. It's huge, <laughs> such a big deal that this is here. Seriously. Um, like I remember, I remember when, uh, Stanley Rother was uh, canonized and they had the service in downtown Oklahoma City and I was downtown that day and I couldn't even get around. There were so many people at the Cox Center. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was yeah. I got kind of stuck downtown for about an hour because I couldn't leave. 
Um, but so this is an even bigger deal. But on the other hand, I do get a lot of people still asking me, hey, what's that thing down at what's that thing down on I-35? What's so just for people who don't know yet, uh, can you tell us a little bit about Stanley Rother and what the what the shrine honors and just sort of who he was and, and what what that's doing there? Absolutely. So you know the Blessed Stanley Rother Shrine is it's a shrine that that, that honors Blessed Stanley Rother. Uh, Stanley Rother was a priest from Okarchi, Oklahoma, small town, Oklahoma, just west of here, Oklahoma City, who grew up there in a, in a, in a farming, a German Catholic farming family uh, and who had a call, had, had a call to love the Lord and to pursue um, a vocation as a priest. Um, he did become a priest for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City. Back then, it was both the Diocese of Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Really? Oh, I didn't know and, that. Huh. Yeah, and, and through his efforts as a priest, was assigned to become a missionary priest for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City in Guatemala, Santiago, Guatemala, where he was really called to go and share his knowledge of uh, smart farming and hmm. the king of Tinker, uh, and to really empower those people to better their livelihoods, um, and then also to, to evangelize and to catechize them and to let them uh, learn more about their faith and to share their faith with each other. Hmm. So he went to Guatemala where he fell in love with, with the folks there, learned, learned the local dialect of Zutu Hill, which is the, the dialect of the people that live in that region, and Spanish, which for him, languages was a struggle during seminary where he got kicked out of his first seminary for not being right. able to it's Latin. <laughs> So who would have known that going to Guatemala, he was able to pick up not only one, but two languages, help them uh, write the New Testament in their language and shared the mass in their language as well. So his time there was just beautiful, enriching their 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 livelihoods. Uh, but the civil unrest became very, very prevalent there throughout that that area. Huh. And uh, he in 1981, um, on July 28th of 1981, he was killed in the rectory mm -hmm. uh, for for sharing his faith and, and his love of the people. Wow! And so, in 2017, the Pope beatified him, making him a blessed, recognize him as the first American-born priest martyr of the United States to become a blessed Stanley Rother, which we in September of that year that they did the the beatification is what we call it, the Cox Center downtown. Yeah. With beatification comes to build a place of honor. So the Archdiocese and Archbishop Coakley had had an issue of, of struggling of finding a place. Uh, we knew that we needed to build a, a large church in the south side of Oklahoma City to uh, help with, with the overcrowding issues we have with our parishes in the south side of Oklahoma City. Many of them are Hispanic families that just belong to parishes that were outgrowing the scene and they were coming they were overflowing with capacity so isn't that great though like what a good it is, problem it is. i mean it's have. a good problem to have where in parts <laughs> yeah. of the country they're closing churches and here we are yeah. we have to build a bigger church <laughs> so brookside golf course was purchased for the archdiocese uh nine hole golf course 60 acres where it would become the future home where we sit today as the blessed stanley Rother shrine we broke ground in, in, in tw late uh, 2019, and then for two, two and a half years, went through the construction process of building this great, great place. Yeah, and it's for listeners who don't know, it's uh, if you're in I, in Oklahoma City on I-35 going south, it's at Southeast 89th. 
It's pretty easy to find. Uh, it's very hard to miss as you're driving by. Um, the large dome. People see the dome <laughs> from I-35 going north or south. Right. Yeah, it's it's visible from all around, which I love. So if people tell tell us a little bit about some of the things people can because it's not just a it's not just a destination for Catholics. Everyone is invited. Everyone is welcome to come and and experience and see it and experience it, even if you don't, you know, take communion during mass. Um, so tell, tell us a little Absolutely. bit about some of what people might see when they come. Well, the shrine is for all. We, we want all to come and, and to learn about Blessed Stanley and his life in Guatemala and then and then the fruits of his martyrdom. Mm-hmm. You know, to inspire people to just better their lives, to uh, and embrace the the great things in life and, and the love of the Lord and come and, and find that here at the shrine site. So we have many visitors from all, all, all faiths and all walks that come by to visit, but not only about faith, but also to, to learn about Oklahoma. We have a great yeah. museum here that's done by the same folks that did the, the Moral Building Museum downtown Oklahoma City. They did a great job in really telling the story of Blessed Stanley his life here in Oklahoma, kind of his background and what family life in Oklahoma is all about, his martyrdom, and then what has come since then, since he was killed, mm-hmm. what what are the fruits of, of his martyrdom? Yeah. And part of that tells a lot of story of just the great people. I was going to say, talk, talk a little bit about that. What are what are some what are some of those things? You know, the, the, the great things that make up Oklahoma, you know, the friendly attitude, people coming in and say, hello, welcome, yeah. the, you know, just seeing a place where they can come in and rest and learn, you know, you know, our museum and our shrine, we're open Monday through Sunday, nine to five. Nice. Nine to five. Every day. And <laughs> every day we're open and there's no charge to go through our museum. We Great. want people, we want people to go through our museum. Awesome. They're traveling. Uh, hopefully they'll learn a little something about Oklahoma, about blessed Stanley, and maybe we'll tell their friends to come. We want people not only to come to the shrine, but we want them to come to Oklahoma and get a feel for the great people here. We have great restaurants. We have great oh, yeah. places to visit, the Merrill Building, Scissortail Park. There's these all these great amenities that are only growing and expanding in, the, in this great city, in this great state. And we want people to come and say, wow, I didn't know Oklahoma had so much going on for it. I love that. That's that's what's so cool about it, too, is that you all really are attracting. This place really attracts visitors from all over the world. We do from all over the world. Uh, People that are into art and architecture due to the, you know, the mission style of our church. And it's huge. They want to come and see. This is something you typically don't see in in, in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. or in parts of the United States. But this the church is designed. Uh, in a Spanish colonial style that you would see in Mexico or South America. Uh, so it takes people, they kind of escape the the noise of the city and come out to the sacred ground to just kind of embrace something like, wow, this is pretty special. Yeah, it's a very peaceful place. You know, it's very, even right there next to the interstate, when you're out there, you just kind of feel this quiet. Yeah, you kind of forget that the interstate's right there or hear it, you know, the passing by of people day in and day out. I can tell you from experience because I grew up, I lived on that corner for a little bit when I was growing up. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I lived right a couple blocks down from the golf course back when it was there. Um, so obviously, you know, uh, Blessed Stanley, he he was killed. He was martyred in 1981. So there are certainly still people around who knew him, who who were in his life, who were part of his life. What did they have to say about it? Have you talked to some of those people and what do they have to say about the shrine and and where his life story has gone since he was killed? Absolutely. Talk about it's a small world and it's amazing how how God has a plan. So 
the rector, who is like the senior pastor staff of, of the shrine, is the, uh, his name is Father Don Wolf. And Father Don Wolf is actually a cousin <laughs> of Blessed Stanley. Blessed Stanley's last trip to the United States was to come for Father Don's ordination into the priesthood. Yeah. So to be able to to have Father Don here, Father Wolf here, and for him to speak about that time of being here um, for his ordination here into the Archdiocese and, and Blessed Stanley being there is just, you know, it, it, it's a very kind of, it continues telling the story of the faith of, of not only Blessed Stanley, but also the faith of the family. They, they instilled a great love of Christ uh, and a great love of helping folks. And now Father Don is kind of continuing that legacy as the first rector, uh, the first pastor of the shrine. Mm. Wow. What so do we he's to share stories of you know the ordination and talking to him? His sister, uh, Sister Marita, is in Kansas and she comes to visit two or three times a year. Uh, <laughs> and she tells us stories of them growing up and going to pick eggs and you know, gather eggs and milk the cows and you know, just the the, the farm life. Uh, but yet a simple life, yet a, a life full, rich, and in love for family and love of the Lord. That's what I really love, too, about Stanley's story. You know, he goes to Guatemala and he's a missionary and he's not just down there, you know, passing out Bibles and preaching on a street corner. Right. Like people think of missionaries doing. He's just involved in people's lives. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, we hear stories from from folks that were in Guatemala. You know, he he was the king of tinkering <laughs> to work on small engines. So he was working on people's motorcycles and, on, you know, motors on, on cars and trucks. But also, too, he helped them. Just a seminary dropout. So I must have dropped out before they taught all that stuff in seminary. <laughs> <laughs> but he taught them how to grow crops more efficiently. He started a co-op. So they got competitive pricing for, for, for their goods and their, their their weavings. And he built a school. He built a hospital, started a radio station. I mean, all the things that we take for granted here that we have just at our beck and call, they didn't have. But he's like... Hey, let's let's start a hospital. Let's start a school. He let's built start a, a radio life. station. Yeah. Love that. I, yeah. that is so cool. That is such an act of love. You know, and it's so it's it's so I just I love that. I love that he it's a very humble kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that I really loved reading reading his story was just how humble his faith seemed to be. I'm I'm actually always wonder what he would think of the shrine. If he saw, you know, what he would think about his name being this well-known. and Yeah, and it's growing. I, I think he would be in, in awe. I think he would, you know, he, he would be a little bit shy. But also, too, I think he would be very blessed by, you know, I'm blessed every day to come to work here. And I get to see the seeds that are planted. When people come every day and when I see them leave, I see them change just a little bit. I think they've encountered not only Blessed Stanley, but they've encountered Christ, and and what he, and He's there for us. No matter what, no matter how bad things are in our world, the Lord is always there for us, and the Lord is always looking out for us. Yeah. And you encounter that when you come onto this campus, and when you leave, you kind of take a little bit with with you. And I tell people when they come to visit, I go, "Do me a favor, please tell your friends and families to come visit us. We'd love to have them come visit us." That's so cool. That is so cool. How many, do you know how many visitors you've had so far since you opened? So for last year, we had close to a little over a hundred thousand people. Pilgrims. Ah, that's amazing. 
So and, and those are folks that we can count. Now we have yeah. lots of folks that come just for a brief second. They only have a small moment in time to come in and pray, leave, or just want to make a quick loop. Uh, but a little over 100,000 folks have come to visit us, uh, and we anticipate more for the new year. That's so exciting. The, the folks coming. We have lots of activities here. Uh, we did a big celebration for Our Lady Guadalupe on December 11th. So we had several days of celebration and food and bands and music and dancing. And Fun. at one point, I think we had over 11, 12,000 people that were here just celebrating the Lord, celebrating Our Lady Guadalupe, and celebrating their faith here in Oklahoma. That's amazing. And what a what a great time of year to do that. And you've got now that the holidays are past us, now Lent is coming up. Lent's coming up. Actually, uh, Valentine's Day is Ash Wednesday this that's year. That's so. right. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, <laughs> but with, with Lent, it's a lot of folks really want to center kind of their, their selves and, and really focus on how God is calling them to better their lives. So we anticipate a lot of folks coming for daily mass. We offer daily mass at 1215 every day, Monday through Saturday, with an hour of adoration afterwards. So folks can wow. come, spend some quality time in the chapel where Blessed Stanley is entombed in the altar, and spend some quality time with him in prayer, asking for his prayers, uh, venerating him, asking for him to, 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 to ask the Lord for a miracle. That's all we need is one more miracle for him to be declared a saint. Well, I was going to ask about that, what what the status was of the canonization and him becoming not only uh, Oklahoma's first recognized martyr, but our, our first saint from the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, so they, they have to attribute a a miracle to him, to his veneration, for him praying for, for, for a miracle um, after his death. So we just need one miracle to be to be recognized. So we have, yeah, I think that's yeah, really the cool. our website. Wouldn't that be wrote, the coolest job to be the person who works for the Vatican investigating miracles? We oh do. Yeah, that would be there. And That'd there be. is an office that does yeah. that. Uh, and it, it's kind of like a, a CSI or something, you know, yeah. they have all these, Someone needs to make a TV into show. all these, you know, medical records and all the, they can't explain. So that would be kind of neat to see all the experiments that are happening in the background. Yeah. Hey, is this the real deal? Is it, did this really happen? That's exciting. So we're just so, waiting on one more. One more. And people can go to roastershrine.org and there's a place there. If they think they can attribute a miracle to him, they can put in some information. Oh. Um, and we actually have a, a staff member with the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, Deacon Dor Norm Maestri. He's in, he's the, the director for the cause for canonization. So okay. he's the one that's collecting all this information, calling folks, having conversations, and then seeing those things that may go up the pipeline up to the Vatican to see about, okay, let's really, really investigate these things. So um, he's in charge of that. So we ask people, don't hold back. If you think something it can be attributed to him, please, please, please uh, go in, go online and let us know. That's amazing. That's amazing. Miguel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been so interesting. I got to come back down there and do some more poking around because that is, it's, it's a beautiful area. It's peaceful. It's it's a great place, you know, especially if you're going into the new year, kind of looking for some for a way to center yourself or some kind of for a new track a little bit, you know, something yeah. to kind of help you help kind you. of recenter yourself. That's, yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah, it's a yeah. great it's a great, great place for that. And everyone who is there is really kind and sweet. And it's like you said, it's open. It's open for everybody. It's not it's not just a Catholic thing. It's not just a. Uh, it's not just the Hispanic community. It's everybody. Everybody is welcome and everybody is wanted. All walks of life. You, you, should, you would be amazed the languages that are spoken here that we hear 
people from all over the world that come to visit. Um, and the main thing is a lot of curiosity gets people. Like you said, they go up and down I-35 and they said, all of a sudden, I needed to stop. <laughs> and I'm, gl I'm glad they stopped. I always like to think there's a reason for that, even if it's not clear in the moment. Right. That's right. There's a reason they stopped and, and Blessed Stanley called them to stop. So we're very thankful. We're very thankful for his witness. Well, I hope he'll call a whole bunch more people this year. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All are welcome. Anytime. Thank you so much, Miguel. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I need to go down there and see that. I haven't been yet. Uh, I drive I, by it all the time, mm -hmm. but I haven't actually stopped. It is really, um, I went down there when I was back checking the story yeah. before we ran it. And uh, the museum is really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed going there. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fir first class experience. It's so funny mm -hmm. to me. When we first moved to Oklahoma City, we lived at that corner. Uh, like we lived at yes. 89th and Shields, and there used to be a golf course there. It is like a little nine-hole golf course. It is there, interesting so um, because the the shrine is beautiful. Um, it, it's like yeah. out of a book. Um, the surrounding city uh, by the shrine is isn't quite on the same it's level. It's so funny to me that Crossroads <laughs> Cathedral is catty corner to that. Like two yeah. more different versions of oh, Christianity boy. you will not yes. find, and mm -hmm. they're just right there next to each other. It's yeah. so funny to me. But uh, I think that's that's one of the cool things about it. Is I that mean, it's, it's that's America, really. Right? Religious yeah. pluralism is part of, you know, part of the deal. So. That's exactly right. That's cool. <laughs> uh, well, it's once again time to plumb the depths of TravelOK.com um, for our weekly pod events. Is there a volunteer who would like to read their event first? I'll go first. Go All for right. it, Carly. Thank you, Carly. You're welcome. This ain't their first rodeo, or their second, or their third. In fact, the 15 cowgirls and boys who will compete at the International Finals Youth Rodeo in Guthrie have proven themselves this year by winning rodeos across the nation and placing in the top of their event. January 11th to 14th, they'll compete with the best of the best to claim the titles of championship bareback rider, steer wrestler, saddlebrock rider, tie-down roper, barrel racer, bull rider, and roping team. But as an audience member, if you've never been to a rodeo before, this is an excellent one for your first time. I promise they'll only make you ride a little tiny bull. Visit IPRARodeo.com slash IFR to buy tickets and learn more. Nice. I would love to go to that. I bet it would just it's be. It's cool. Yeah. I've, I've never been to a rodeo before. Oh, you need to go. It's cool. So it would be my first rodeo. Yeah. Megan, you remember when we went over to the State Fair and watched the barrel racing? Oh, yeah. That was so fun. I love barrel racing. Yeah. I went to a rodeo and I think it was Tuttle one time, too. There were yeah. some handsome cowboys there. When I was a kid, we lived right down the street from the Swasu Rodeo Ground. So like my like the kids and I on our street would ride our bikes down and watch the rodeos, the Swasu Rodeos. Many cool. moons ago, I worked at the Shawnee News Star. And yeah, so you know what a big deal the well, They have is. every year they would have the uh, the youth finals uh, yeah. rodeo there. Oh, and yeah. that was uh, that's a big deal. That yeah. was all hands on deck covering that. Like yeah. that was like the Super Bowl was. It's going like the on biggest Shawnee. one of the biggest things that happens in Shawnee every year, if not mm -hmm. the biggest thing. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I loved going out to those events. I, I invited some of my friends out there. Uh, it was a whole lot of fun. Carly, we need to get you to a rodeo this year, hon. Mm -hmm. We do? Yeah. yeah. And then I can get a hat. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's all you're My missing. My rodeo hat. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Get ready. <laughs> uh, Megan, what is your event today? 
If you show up to Expo Square from January 7th to the 14th with your sturdiest bib and a stash of cornbread, you'll probably walk away disappointed. The chili bowl is not what it seems. However, if you're looking for a gas-powered rush of a different kind, you've hit the jackpot. Midget Sprint Car Racing takes over the arena floor this week with more than 300 drivers from around the world. You can watch these little speed demons compete in this tradition that's been taking place since the 1930s with a grand finale on the 14th that is known to attract around 15,000 spectators. For more information, visit chilibowl.com. That sounds really fun. I've always wanted to go to that, like at Tulsa Expo Square, yeah. I love a good race. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to race, just let me know and I'll uh, be there. Tiny cars. Yes. You want to race some. Well, I know, and it's especially, it's even better when you can combine it with another one of your passions, which I know is chili, bowls of chili. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean. There are could, no bowls of chili to be you had. You could yeah. perhaps bring your, I don't know if they bring be, a bag of chili. Just bring yeah. a Ziploc yeah. bag full of chili. <laughs> yeah. Or just stop at Ike's on the way, you know. Yeah. yeah that's way. a good yeah. idea. Yeah. That's, that needs to be high on my list of Oklahoma. I have never eaten at Ike's. That's yeah. high on my list for this year. Ike's is good. Yeah. I, I get to write about it for our blog. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nathan, what is your event this week? Well, uh, it's a good one because it's one that I'm going to. So, uh, listeners, you want to go on a date with me? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, nothing's going to happen, but you know, I'll be I'll be at this place at this time if you want to come say hi. Uh, I've got tickets to this event actually, so uh, I would like to invite all of our listeners to join me and a whole bunch of other cool people at Glitterball Chalet, the annual fundraising gala for Oklahoma City's own Dead Center film organization uh this year's event at the jones assembly will feature uh in addition to like they always have really fabulous food great decor um fashion all kind of like everyone's dressed to the nines it's great they have live music dancing cocktails it's awesome it's like prom for grown-ups only more fun because there's alcohol there's no curfew you can dance with whoever you want and there's no pressure to wear a cummerbund unless that's just really how you like to do uh, I've had more fun at this party than I can stand every single time I've gone, and I think you should go too. Plus, you get to support one of Oklahoma's coolest and best cultural institutions. For tickets or more info, call 405-246-9233 or visit deadcenterfilm.org. The theme this year is James Bond. Oh. I know. Nice. Yeah. So if one of our listeners is there, will you dance with them? Since you can dance with whoever you want. If they ask me nicely, yes. <laughs> Glitterball. And don't mind getting their feet stepped on repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> Glitterball amazes me what they are able to pull off every year. It's, it's so fun. Pretty much the party of the year. It, it, it totally is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great time. It's a great time. Tickets are $100. bucks. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it supports Dead Center. It supports Dead Center. It's for mm-hmm. a good cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about well, you, Ben? What do you have for us? Where are yes. you going? Well, uh, if you have a significant other, I'm pleased to inform you that Valentine's Day is still a month away, so there's no need to sweat it. Well, actually, on second thought, now is the perfect time to sweat it. Prepare to be serenaded by hits that have fueled countless love stories and maybe a few I love you text messages. Key Sweat is like the cupid of R&B armed with a microphone instead of arrows, ready to make your hearts race and temperatures rise. Get ready to break out your smoothest dance moves, unleash your inner love guru, your inner love guru at the Keith Sweat concert this Thursday at the Cove in Tulsa's River Spirit Casino. The legendary R&B sensation is bringing his velvety vocals and timeless hits like Twisted and Make It Last Forever. It's not just a concert. It's a masterclass in seduction set to a soulful soundtrack. Don't be surprised if you find yourself swaying, swooning, and wondering if Keith is secretly narrating your love life. Showtime starts at 8 p.m. 
And remember, this is a 21 and up event, which is really tragic news for all those teenage Keith Sweat fans. <laughs> Jensen we'll really to, loves Keith Sweat. I'll have to find something else to do. <laughs> Tickets are still available starting at $40. If you need directions, you can ask Siri, but she might give you the right and wrong, wrong way. <laughs> That's a Keith Sweat song, <laughs> just so you know. Anyway, for more information and to purchase your seats, you can go to tickets.riverspirit.com or call 918-299-8518. Wow. A lot Keith going on in the 918. I know. It really yeah. is. Yeah, we love to get Tulsa this week. Yeah. Um, well, it's time for the star of the show. And today I wrote down uh, smuggled chili. <laughs> smuggled chili. Oh, if yes. you can pull it off, you yeah. know, more power to you. If you can smuggle chili into the Keith Sweat concert. Oh, yeah. I chili will... at the Keith Sweat concert. I would concert. respect that the heck out of a, somebody eating a bowl of chili. That's an award-winning short story. A bag story. of chili would be. A bag of chili. If I saw somebody at a concert eating a bag of chili, I would be like, <laughs> I want to know them. Chili. You know what? If you can send me photographic proof, I will give you $10. <laughs> That's what I will do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you, well, you smuggle chili into the glitter ball. You have one Oh, week. yeah. Yeah, that yeah. would be great too. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Keeping it glass. Wow. Do it, Nathan. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I want you to party. just go up while you're, you know, while you're schmoozing with people at the glitter ball. You'd be holding a bag of chili well, and just casually or eating it. Or just like crouched over it in the corner mm-hmm. in like my formal wear. Uh-huh. And then anytime anyone gets close, just be like. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny is, is thing that not is how that, you normally do parties. Well, I was I gonna say, well, it's because that's how I normally act at parties. The funny yeah. thing is that they'll have like first class food there, but you're just eating your a bag of chili. chili from I respect that. Yeah, I told you guys prescription chili. I told you guys about my friend Woody getting a bowl of soup through TSA, uh-huh. right? Because yeah. he just batted his eyes, and they were like, "That's my lunch. It's my dinner. I'm gonna be hungry." And she was like, "Fine, it's like a big thing of soup." <laughs> oh wow! Like, I know respect. That's, I know. that's impressive. Yeah, I know. He literally was like, "But I'll be hungry." It's my dinner. <laughs> and she was like, fine, just go. The one her. nice TSA person in the land. In Atlanta. This is in Atlanta. <laughs> I know it's so funny. Anyway, sorry. Well, if you like the show and you still can't get enough, head to OklahomaToday.com or pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at TravelOK.com and we'll talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Kali Ybarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song, editing, and production held by Oklahoma to Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. Get that chili.